On Point with Craig's Investment Partners. The information provided here is general in nature. It's not financial advice. It doesn't take into account your financial situation, objectives, goals, or risk tolerance. All investments are subject to risks and none are guaranteed. So before you make any investment decisions, we recommend you contact an investment advisor. For more information about our services in that regard, you can go to our website, which is craigsip.com. Welcome to On Point. I'm Mark Lister, Investment Director at Craig's Investment Partners, and I'll be talking about a range of topics, including economics, portfolio strategy, investor education, and anything else that's happening out there in financial markets. All right, another week has wrapped up and another one is about to start. So let's look back at some of the key events and market developments of uh, the last several days and take a look ahead to see what uh, we should be keeping an eye on over the next uh, few days. World share markets uh, remained in a pretty upbeat mood last week. We had the S&P 500 in the US rising another 0.7%. Uh, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was up uh, or has been up 10 days in a row now, so it's on its best winning streak since 2017. And you still have got a fairly positive tone out there. Investors are very much uh, getting more comfortable about the inflationary outlook, particularly in places like the United States. Uh, there's a feeling that the, the end of the interest rate hikes is within sight. And we've managed to get to that point without the US economy really stumbling too much. Uh, We've also obviously had the tech sector, which has enjoyed a very strong run uh, with all the excitement over AI, which has driven up the price of many of those really exciting growth companies, the NVIDIAs, the Microsofts and so on. So it's been a pretty buoyant period. Uh, it wasn't just the US that was strong. We had the European markets up 1% last week. And the FTSE 100 in the UK, actually one of the stronger markets around the world, uh, that index surged 3.1% for the week. And I think that largely came on the back of a lower than expected inflation report out of the UK for June. And when I say lower than expected, you know, we're still talking about a very high number. It was it was 7.9% per annum that we saw inflation rise in June, uh, which is still horrendously high. Uh, but it's down from, I think, 8.7, and that was below forecasts for 8.3. So it's more a case of the progress that's being made relative to where people thought the inflation rate would be at rather than it actually being at a level where we should be at all comfortable. So that's how global markets uh, were tracking. In this part of the world, things are a bit more subdued. We had the Aussie market, the ASX 200 up ever so slightly, just 0.2%, so not nearly as strong as some of those international markets. And the local NZX50, which does often buck the trend uh, for for a range of reasons, we actually fell slightly. So our market was down 0.6%. You know, it's still still been okay this year. It's up up 4% year to date. So it's uh, performed better than some markets, uh, but it certainly hasn't risen anywhere near as much uh, the likes of the US or or even um, Europe or or Japan. All of those markets have been much stronger. In terms of interest rates, in the US we saw shorter term interest rates up slightly. So the US two-year Treasury yield up um, a 
oh, not much really. It finished at sort of 4.8, but it was, you know, just slightly less than that uh, a week earlier. So the moves weren't substantial. The 10-year yield was fairly much unchanged uh, at 3.8%. So uh, up slightly at the shorter end, but longer-term interest rates, not a lot of movement there. Here in New Zealand, we saw the five-year swap rate uh, rise slightly. Uh, so it finished a week at finished the week at four point eight percent. That came on the back of a slightly hotter than expected inflation report, which I'll talk about soon. Uh, bonds have still performed quite well this year. Um, as I just said, the NZX fifty is up four point one percent year to date, and the corporate bond index uh, is up two point nine percent so far this year. So that's still gains from both those two main asset classes uh, in the local market um, which which will be pleasing for investors after both of those were down uh, last year in 2022 you had the NZX 50 down 12 or 12 and a half percent and you had uh, corporate bonds or at least that NZX corporate bond index down about five percent so both up after um, uh, having had a difficult previous year some of the key events that we saw uh, out there in the world, one of the key releases was uh, was Chinese GDP, which came early in the week. And, and this was pretty soft, really, uh, a little disappointing uh, for the June quarter GDP up 0.8%, um, which was in line with expectations, but down uh, down from 2.2% in the March quarter and the annual pace of economic growth. Uh, rose to 6.3%, which was ahead of uh, what we saw uh, last time, and actually the highest in about two years, but it was below forecasts for uh, just over 7%. So okay, but just a little on the soft side. June activity indicators for the month of June weren't particularly inspiring either um, in terms of you know just what they might mean for any short-term improvement out of China. Industrial production looked okay. That beat expectations, but you've still got a property sector that's got all sorts of issues, and retail sales were a, a bit disappointing as well. The, the key release here uh, was obviously the inflation report. So we got that CPI report uh, last last Wednesday, I think it was. This is for the June 2023 quarter. So good news and bad news. You know, the good news is that at the headline level, um, the CPI rose 1.1% for the quarter. So that's down from the, the previous quarter. And that's actually the lowest we've seen since March 2021. So the annual inflation rate, uh, slowed to 6.0%. So uh, the the positive there is that uh, not only is that down from the 32-year high of 73 uh, a year ago, but it's also the lowest in about 18 months, and it was below Reserve Bank forecast. So they were picking 6.1, came in at 6.0. That was probably the end of the good news because uh, when you look under the hood and when you look at the detail, much less encouraging. The key reason that um, even though that was lower than Reserve Bank forecasts and the lowest in a year and a half, the key reason there was a bit of disappointment out there is that most of the decline came from a fall in tradables inflation. And tradables inflation is uh, the prices of everything sort of imported, everything international, you know, it's the impact of sort of you know lower uh, lower oil prices, maybe a higher currency, those sorts of things, 
and the the domestic based inflation, which is what they call non tradables inflation, that was much stronger than expected. It didn't come down nearly as much. So that um, that tradables inflation, uh, the Reserve Bank was expecting that to slow to an annual rate of five point eight. And it actually slowed to 5.2. So that's what dragged the headline down. But when you look at the the non-tradables inflation, uh, that came in quite strong for the quarter. And the the annual rate of non-tradables inflation, um, that that only came down to 6.6. And um, that's not not that much lower than 6.8 from a quarter ago. And 6.6 is quite a bit ahead of what the um, Reserve Bank was picking. Um, they, they were picking 6.3. So uh, in short, uh, in, in aggregate, inflation's come down, and that's good. It's a little lower than the Reserve Bank was expecting, but it's come down for the wrong reasons. And uh, those those domestic inflation pressures, those New Zealand-based ones, you know, things like housing costs, things like rents, um, all of those sorts of things, food prices, they were up really strongly. Those are the ones that often prove more difficult to get under control. So they tend to be stickier uh, and and they they do tend to hang around for longer and be a bit more persistent and structural. So that won't have pleased the Reserve Bank. And on balance, it's probably probably a, a little stronger than uh, we were hoping for and, and certainly what uh, the Reserve Bank would have been hoping for. So what does that mean for the OCR? Uh, well, the next Reserve Bank decision is scheduled for the middle of August, um, so it's sort of three weeks away. Uh, and at that time, we'll also get a fresh monetary policy statement. Remember, the monetary policy statements, the MPSs, uh, you get those um, sort of every second OCR decision, and they're the ones that give you new forecasts. So they allow us to um, get a lot more information about where the, the Reserve Bank's heads at, uh, their collective heads, um, and where they sort of see growth, inflation, and interest rates going. So uh, that'll be an interesting one to watch. Uh, the last time we had a... MPS was in May, and that was when the Reserve Bank said 5.5% is where we see the peak of the OCR, and we're there already now. Um, so it'll be interesting to look at that August statement and uh, ponder ponder all the things that have changed between May and August and see, essentially, if the Reserve Bank still believes that 5.5%, the current level of the OCR, is the top or whether they believe they might need to do a little bit more work, i.e. raise interest rates further. At the moment, um, markets don't see any chance of a a change in the OCR next month at that August meeting, but market sees uh, a a sort of, you know, not not quite 50%, but approaching 50% chance of one final increase at the um, the last meeting of the year, which would be in November. So uh, the jury's still out whether the OCR is as high as it goes. Um, the reserve, last set of Reserve Bank's forecast, um, the, the last set of forecasts suggests that it is as high as it goes, but um, some economists think we might go to 5.75 and markets are kind of hedging their bets. So we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. Um, between now and August, there are a few key things to watch. You know, we've had that inflation report, so that's behind us now. 
Uh, we've got the ANZ Business Outlook Survey. I think that is next week. So that will be interesting because that will give us a really good forward-looking view of um, where what businesses intend to do with their prices. Uh, we'll also get the June quarter labour force report, and this is really important. I think, I think the inflationary outlook really does come down to um, unemployment and the the labour market. You know whether you see whether you see sort of wages um, wage growth slow enough to sort of take the edge off inflation. You know if you do see the labour market just ease up a little bit, if you see wage pressures come off, then hopefully that means inflation will follow but if we're if we continue to see strength across the labor market if wage gains are still coming through thick and fast that's when the reserve bank might have to rethink this view that five and a half percent is enough so uh lots to watch um looking ahead uh in terms of uh the economic um uh, economic news flow. Uh, we'll get the flash PMIs sort of early in the week. They will be out on Monday and PMIs, that stands for Purchasing Managers Indices, essentially activity indicators. Um, they're, they're very good because we get them uh, we get them very quickly and um, they tend to be very up to date. So of all the sort of economic sort of releases out there, PMIs, because they're based on surveys, they're very forward looking and they, they give you a really good uh, pulse check of what's happening in terms of the global economy. So we'll get uh, get those for Australia and Japan through the Monday trading day uh, at 11 o'clock and 12.30 respectively, and then overnight on Monday they'll follow from Europe, the UK and the US. Um, so far in recent months they've looked pretty solid, you know, point, pointing to expansion, although the pace of growth has been slowing. Um, Australia and Europe, Europe sort of almost stalled um, you know, and, and we almost saw no growth at all. Uh, the UK and Japan, Japan better, but still slowing. The U, and the US is one of the strongest parts of the world. It's, the US economy is still very resilient. But we've got uh, some big divergences between the manufacturing sector and the services sector. Um, and that is, is a little concerning in some ways. So we'll be watching for any developments here. We'll be watching for, for um, further further indications that inflation is headed in the right direction and it has been so far you know we've we've seen out of the US out of Europe those PMIs have have been telling us that inflation will continue to slow so that's good so uh, that'll be important earlier in the week uh, we've we've also got some important um, another important re inflation report out of the US late in the week this will be the the PCE index, uh, personal consumption expenditures, and this is one of the Fed's preferred inflation measures. We'll get it on Friday. You'd expect it to look similar to what we saw with that um, that recent CPI release in the US, which is that the headline will uh, fall to a pleasing level, um, and markets are expecting headline PCE inflation to flow to fall to three point one percent, which would be the lowest since March twenty twenty one, more than. Uh, more than two years ago, so that's good. But the core PCE and the, the core PCE excludes um, volatile sectors like energy and food. That's expected to remain quite high, um, sort of 4.2% at an annual level, which is still the lowest in 21 months, but, um, you know, 4.2 higher than sort of that headline, which is 3.1. So it's not, not dissimilar to what you're seeing 
here in New Zealand in terms of the headline coming down, but you know some of those persistent inflation areas of of um, inflation are, are still stubbornly high. But that's out on Friday, so we'll be. Um, keeping an eye on that. Lots of central banks uh, releasing decisions this week. We've got the Fed in the US, uh, the European Central Bank, and the Bank of Japan. So the Fed will be the major one. Uh, it will definitely be the most important, the most closely watched. Their decision will be out at 6 a.m. Thursday, uh, and then you get a press conference to follow. So we won't get new forecasts, You know, no summary of economic projections at this one, just sort of the... Uh, the the statement and commentary and the actual move, if any, and I think I think there will be a move. Um, the the Fed's at five and a quarter, so they're a little behind us. We're at five and a half. They're at five and a quarter, so that's the highest since two thousand and seven. That's that's equal with where they got to in the lead up to the GFC, um, and uh, I think we'll get a hike this week. I think you'll you'll get a, another zero point two five percent. That'll take the Fed funds rate to five and a half, which would see it above that GFC era peak and actually the highest since two thousand and one. So markets are pretty sure that you'll get that move. So there, there won't be much of a reaction, um, even if they do hike rates. But it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they how they talk about the future because beyond this week markets are divided about where US interest rates go. The Fed itself has said that there could be another two moves from here. So one this week and then one later in the year that would take their Fed funds rate to five and three quarters, 5.75. But financial markets are a little bit cynical about whether we'll actually see that second one. So they're pretty sure that you'll get the move this week. But beyond that, they're sort of like, oh, well, we don't know if you'll actually need to do that next one because inflation's coming down and you know maybe we'll start to see some economic weakness later in the year. So uh, the Fed will be all about um, the commentary and the tone. The ECB, that is on Thursday, so that'll be overnight. They'll move as well. Um, highly expected to increase their policy rate by another 0.25%. That would take them to 375 uh, which will be the highest since 2001. They're still playing a bit of catch up. You know, they um, July until July last year, they had a negative interest rate. So you know, it's only been sort of 12 months that they've even been in positive territory. Whereas remember, we started hiking interest rates back in 2021, and the Fed uh, started earlier last year. So still a bit of catch up from the ECB, and I think they will continue on that path. Uh, in the days ahead. Japan, uh, no change expected in Japan. You know, they're still expected to remain quite stimulative um, over the near term. But look, at some point, you you would think that you might see Japan start to sort of step away from those extremely relaxed uh, monetary policy settings. Uh, also, what else have we got on the economic front? Um, closer to home, pretty quiet here, to be honest. We've got the ANZ truckometer, uh, we've got consumer confidence late in the week. Across the Tasman, there's a, a CPI report, an inflation report for the second quarter. So uh, that'll be interesting. We'll monitor that and see how that looks relative to um, relative to ours. And beyond that, it'll be all about earnings. You know, lots going on internationally with the earnings season really ramping up this week. So uh, it's about uh, about 20% of the US share market has already reported its results. Um, uh, and so far, it's been pretty good. You know, you've seen the banks, with the exception of Goldman Sachs, which wasn't so great. 
uh, been some pretty good results from from most of the big US banks. Uh, Netflix and Tesla sort of were a little bit disappointing to the market, but on the whole, it's it's been pretty good so far. And this week, you'll get a lot more companies uh, announcing results. About 165 S and P 500 companies are scheduled to re- report quarterly results this week, so you'll get lots of news flow. Uh, some of the tech heavyweights due to report, uh, Alphabet, which is the owner of Google, Microsoft, and Meta, the old Facebook. So those three are all reporting this week. And those three alone, uh, their total market value is almost US $5 trillion, uh, and they represent you know, 10 or 12% of the US share market um, based on the S&P 500. So they're hugely important. Plus, they've had a cracker year. Um you know, Alphabet's up 36%, Microsoft's, Microsoft is up 43%, Meta is up 145%. So those stocks, like all the tech stocks, uh, have really propelled the market higher this year. So it'll be really interesting to look at those results and see if they can, you know, meet those expectations, you know, given that the share prices have moved quite a lot. It won't just be about tech. We've got some of the big oil majors as well, Shell, Chevron, ExxonMobil, um, lots of the consumer-related stocks uh, from around the world, not just the US, Unilever, Coca-Cola, L'Oreal, McDonald's, Procter & Gamble. So all of those stocks will give us um, a good read on how the, the consumer is faring, LVMH as well. Um, plus there's plenty of others, you know, 3M, Visa, Boeing, MasterCard, you know, loads and loads of companies uh, reporting results this week. And... Um, next week will be the same so i did uh i did record a podcast and write a short report about the u.s earnings season and what i'm looking for what i'm expecting um go and dig that out uh if you if you want to know more uh in this part of the world there are a few corporate events to watch across the tasman rio rio tinto the big miner will release its half year earnings on wednesday uh, Macquarie Group uh, has an AGM, so you might get uh, a trading update there. That's on Thursday uh, here in NZ. There's a few AGMs, Main Freight and Ryman Healthcare, two of the big big heavyweights on our market. Both got AGMs, so maybe there'll be um, some 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 guidance about how things are tracking in the new financial year, the current financial year for those two stocks. Pacific Edge uh, as well. That's obviously one that's had a real roller coaster ride of late um they've got an agm so maybe we'll get some news flow uh from pacific edge but other than that uh that's us uh there is plenty going on isn't there when you think about it you know with the pmis with the pce inflation three major central bank meetings including sort of the the big one the federal reserve and uh truckloads of uh earnings releases to monitor so Enjoy your week, Uh, take care, and we'll talk again soon. For more insights, visit craigsip.com.